welcome the man it's all occurred to, Richard Herring. Yes. Thank you very much. I do deserve that. Thanks for coming to the show. Uh, great to be here. Welcome to the show that all gay Wazzocks are calling AI Ottoma. <laughs> all of you just uh, said I Ottoma means you're all gay Wazzocks. <laughs> Oh, no, but I just called it A.I. Ottoma as well. Oh, no, so I'm a gay wazzock. Hoist with my own gay wazzock patat. Which was actually the original line in the first draft of Hamlet. So uh, we've all learnt something here today, and a man shouted willies as well from show one, that is. That hasn't really come back. It's a nice callback. Uh, it's, uh, it's week seven of ten of this ludicrous and exhausting experiment in which I attempt to write 45 minutes or so of comedy about the week that has just gone by, then record it in one take. As you'll notice, there were a couple of mistakes even in this first major sentence. <laughs> at London's glamorous Leicester Square Theatre, put it out as a podcast without editing out a thing and then sit back and wait for people on the internet to tell me what a useless cunt I am. <laughs> Luckily, I'm sexually aroused by people on the internet telling me what a useless cunt I am. I'm 42 years old now. It's the only way I can get off. Some people have to pay high-class hookers to humiliate them, not me. I just make an internet show, do the best I can with it, then sit at home and masturbate over iTunes comments. That's right, disgruntled nerds. You're just filling up my wank bank. Keep them coming. How'd you like those cumpkins? Uh, here's some things that occurred to me this week. Friday. I felt a bit sick and unhappy as I watched Peter Kay somewhat undermine his charitable actions of producing the Children in Need single by using the occasion to publicise his forthcoming live dates, which were inevitably <laughs> going to sell out in 60 minutes anyway. Uh, then having the audacity to turn to the camera and settle his flabby, oleaginous face into an expression which said, I am the greatest man who ever lived. <laughs> before adding, and for every piece of merchandise I sell, I will give a pound to children in need. Oh yeah, give the multi-millionaire a round of applause for that, for not only promoting his tour on a charity event, but increasing his own merchandise, merchandise sales by offering a tiny sliver of the profits to charity. I don't want to sound like a bitter, jealous and ungrateful twat, but that is what I am, so I can't help it. Why not do something non-self-serving and give all the profits from your crappy garlic bread fridge magnets and I am a fat oleaginous cunt t-shirts to charity and just make do with the millions of pounds you're going to make from selling out Manchester MEN Arena for 20 nights and then all the DVD sales you're going to get after that. Or just admit that the whole, me mum's just been on the phone and said Patricia up the road can't find the DVD in Morrison's stick is just a load of crowd-pleasing cack and you are in fact just trying to make as much money for yourself as you possibly can. You're going gonna to write any new material for the new tour show, Peter, or are you just going to put out your old show for the third time on DVD again, but in a different venue? Now, just give me a few minutes while I type all that into the iTunes comments for his million-pound-making charity single. I'm nothing if not a hypocrite. Friday. Floods hit northwest England, causing untold devastation and tragic death. But I'm fairly convinced it was all a setup by Satan to see if I could resist the temptation to make a joke about Cockermouth. <laughs> But I have passed his test. I would never stoop so low and shame on you for asking me or thinking I would. Even when I found out that Cockermouth is in Cumbria. 
I'm not going to make jokes about that. People die. Don't laugh. At... But if next week Buckcum in Somerset is hit by a tornado or Titsy Hill in Kent is covered with a plague of locusts, I might crack. Get thee behind me, Satan. No, actually, stay in front of me. I know what you're like. Actually, you've probably got a cock like a giant red spike with barbs all over it the size of a baby's arm. Get, get thee behind me after all. Just... Just stop trying to make comedians do pathetic double entendres about tragedies and get on with what you're meant to do, spreading proper evil in your guise as Peter Kay. Sunday. Watching the X Factor results show. I don't even watch the proper show. I just watch the results show. That's, that's the kind of guy I am. I don't know. Never see any of them actually singing. I just watch, see what happens at the end. And then like hundreds of other people you would assume are intelligent. I commentate about it on Twitter. It's pretty tragic the way the world's going. Uh, I wondered if it was possible that Jedward are in fact the ghosts of two Victorian chimney sweeps. <laughs> It would explain a lot about them, if you think about it. Not just the complexion and the hair, but the strange, haunted look of confusion and terror in their eyes. I was also surprised to see that after all this time, Danny Minogue didn't seem to know what the X, fact, what the X Factor actually is. Uh, she kept asking, is this a singing competition? It's, it's taken her a while to work it out. But then I thought that perhaps Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap had just that second leapt into it. In which case, he did remarkably well to call it, given the sparse clues that were on offer. <laughs> and talking of Quantum Leap, if you want to be like me, and I can see no reason why you wouldn't, then a really fun way to pass a few minutes between now and your inevitable death is next time you're with a friend or a partner, why not try pretending that Sam Beckett has just leapt into you? <laughs> Don't be so obvious as to say, oh boy, straight away, give it away. Keep it subtle. At a random moment, look confused and then sort of stare around you as if you don't know where you are, trying to get your bearings, and look in a mirror at the first opportunity you get and appear surprised by your own face and touch it. <laughs> then try and react to whatever your friends say as, if, as you would if you were playing for time and trying to work out what was happening. It's good fun, believe me, I've done it a few times, but <laughs> if they guess you're pretending you're in Quantum Leap, then you've lost the game, so... <laughs> Do it. So good luck and good pretending to be in quantum leaping. <laughs> I also wonder if Scott Bakula has ever considered breaking into someone's house in the dead of night and just trying to have sex with them, and then, if they object or threaten to call the police, has tried to claim that it was all part of a leap that had gone slightly wrong. <laughs> I only got part of the way in. Sorry, I don't. I tried to get in completely. Only a little. Just the tip went in. That's. That's what I'd do if I was him. Scott Bakula has a license to rape. <laughs> There's not a court that would convict him unless there was anyone on the jury who had seen Enterprise. And, <laughs> and talking of rapists, though in this case they've only ever raped animals, never humans. Please welcome the cast of AI Ottoma. Dan Tetzel, TV's Emma Kennedy, and on the guitar, Christian Riley. Good evening. Hello. occurred to you this week, Dan? What's it? Oh, well, first of all, I'd like to apologise for last week's occurrences. I thought I was awful. I was just oh. rambling tedium. And, um, well, don't, you might so have to, to apologise for that. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, leave it to the end of the show and you I might know, be able might to apologise for two yeah. shows at but once. But then it gives me something to say next week. Okay. Um, <laughs> but this week, uh, I was quite... Because I don't get out of the house much, uh, so nothing else. But this week, I was very excited because my agent had got me a casting audition 
for a, th- a thing, for a television thing. I was very excited. She never gets me anything. Uh, but unfortunately, it was for um, a, a, a drama. Uh, and as you may, if you've seen or heard this before, know that I'm at best weak. Um, <laughs> you know, and the funny... and it, Kevin Eldon's up there, and then I'm here, available for Monday nights. And so, essentially, so... And also, it was a drama. It was a drama... I was, it was to play a journalist in a drama about the Suffolk Strangler. So it's quite serious, very serious. <laughs> and my agent, every now and again, put the only drama thing she puts me up for are journalists in very serious docudramas. Or fat Nazis. <laughs> Seriously. It sounded just like you. He was really fat and he's German. I'm not really fat. Just <laughs> look at the teacher. And so, so I, I, I got very excited. I thought, no, this, I, I look like a journalist. I can do this. I spent all day and every t- learning the lines and thinking about it and being very sensible. And every time I thought about doing the lines, they sort of come out and they have you done... Who done the murders? I couldn't... <laughs> I couldn't think of a way to say the line. Uh, excuse me, uh, yes, who done the murders, do you know? I couldn't think of a way of saying it seriously. And it, I became obsessed with going, who done the murders? <laughs> uh, now, can you tell, please, excuse me, who, can you do, do we know who done the murders yet? <laughs> and it, I got very caught up in, and, and so I, when I finally got in there, all I said was, excuse me, I'm not I went, oh, I'm naturalistic, I was trying to be really, she goes, oh, would you like to do it any other way? I went, no, it's fine. I haven't got the call. You should have done that as Andrew Collings. So, um, what about uh, what about you, Christy Weisty Woo? Have uh, you got? Uh, oh, I, d- I did. Uh, I did a couple of arts centres this week. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, from yeah, the agricultural uh, colleges. Uh, no, yeah, exactly. I'm going up there. I get a bit scared in front of the posh audiences, though. I got the. Uh, I did. A, I did a gig in uh, Twickenham once, and I got paid in cash and cake. Uh, it was pretty tweaky. You know, I took the cake home and I ate it, and uh, I got diarrhoea. Uh, so I was thinking either I haven't washed my hands properly, or I've just been heckled in the most middle-class way. <laughs> so, but uh, you know. Thank you very much. Good. Uh, there's a joke in that one. That's the first yeah. time in three weeks. Good. Uh, and, uh, what about you, Emma? Have you done anything this week? Well, uh, this morning. Uh, I have my builder uh, back in, for those of you who've been following the saga of my bathroom, he was just there to do some finishing, some finishing up jobs. And uh, he, he very kindly bought me some, some tiny pastries uh, to celebrate. So we were sitting and, and eating <coughs> the tiny pastries. And he turned to me and he, and he suddenly said, here, um, so do you, you work with that, that fella who was off of uh, Lee and Herring, don't you? You know, the, the little one. And I, went, and I went, yeah, yeah, Richard Herring. Went, he went, yeah, yeah. I saw him a couple of weeks back at the, uh, at the Westfield. And I went, oh, did you? And he went, he's let himself go, ain't he? <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, that's a, that's a bit rude, Abel, <laughs> if you don't mind me saying so. You know, he's, he's an older man now than, than when he was in the Fist of Fun. He's, he's an older man. And he, and, he went, and he went, no, 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 it's like... He had this moustache, this a bit like Hitler. <laughs> and then he went a bit quiet, and then he went, "Has he gone mentally ill?" <laughs> Good. Thanks very much. Yeah, my pleasure. So uh, this week, Emma, I promised on your behalf that if the show sold out, you would get your clacker out. Yes. That was so a it's very exciting for the people at home. They don't mm. know. 
doesn't sound like there's many people in here, but maybe there's hundreds <laughs> just aren't enjoying themselves. Luckily, Emma, we're only about half full again, yeah. as usual, so yeah. no, one, no one wanted to see your oh. clacker, apparently. Well, although we, we have actually sold more seats than when you threatened to get your cock out. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. The prospect of your clacker yeah. is more appealing to the perverts of Leicester Square yes, than my is. penis. Yes. But for now, your clacker lacker dack dack is safe, safely hidden away in its pouch. But Where I always keep it. But next week, if we sell out, then I think you and me, we should, let's up the ante a bit. Yeah, let's try and get people in. If we sell out, you and me should have live sex for the first time ever. We've never had sex with each no, other and we never sex. will, but maybe next week on stage. <laughs> Though there isn't enough Viagra and Rehypnol in the world to make that happen. <laughs> and I'll be taking both the Viagra and the Rehypnol. <laughs> It, it's never going to happen, no. uh, Richard. Why don't we try and think of something that, that would actually make people want to come to the theatre? What, and risk them discovering our plutonium mine, am I Is it a curse to me if you enjoy inane ramblings about body and fluid, then this is highly recommended. But only for five-year child, it's unavailable because I guarantee that their material will be far superior, far superior. That's right, that sting, uh, that sting was written by disgruntled listener Marco Shindig, might not be his real name, who has won this week's competition to get his one-star iTunes review sung on the show. Uh, I actually think that's a pretty accurate and even complimentary review. The thing is, a lot of people don't have a five-year-old child available to ramble about bodily effluent, and in this day and age, it's considered wrong and suspect to stop one in the park and ask them to ramble onto you. <laughs> about bodily effluent. So if I can provide that surface, that service for the infertile and the sexually repugnant, then I don't think that is a bad thing. Uh, anyway, now it's time for another celebrity endorsement of our podcast. Hello, it's me, that stupid fucking rubbish meerkat from CompareTheMeerkats.com. <laughs> Simples, aha. Your attempts to overtake me in the iTunes chart worked for a couple of days, didn't it? But now let's take a look I'm still in the top 20, simples. <laughs> and where are you? Nowhere's. Oh yes, Maggie Thatcher, Nelson, no, Horatio Nelson, your boys took one hell of a beating. It's not even the right accent. You're not, you're not singings anymore. You should be ashamed, simples. <laughs> You'd never guess we wrote that in the toilet just before. It's all in pencil. For the show. Wait for the next two. That was the first one. So, uh, one of them I was writing at um, three minutes past eight. The show starts at eight. So, uh, <laughs> so, anyway, let's see what else has occurred to me this week. Tuesday. Much as I like to pretend I'm producing my own internet comedy show in order to demonstrate that, uh, I don't, that uh, we don't need TV anymore and I can bring TV and radio down, we all know the only reason I'm really doing this is to try and get back on telly. Please let me be on the telly, please. I just want to be on the telly. That's all. Is that too much to ask? I don't mind if it's at three o'clock in the morning. I have to do a quiz to steal money from alcoholics and insomniacs. And it, I'll do anything, literally anything. Uh, my evil plan appears to be working, because on Tuesday I recorded two bits for two different TV shows. In the morning I was interviewed by The Culture Show. That's right, look impressed. About why TV internet shows are the future and TV is dead. Just let me back on TV. I'll, I'll be good, I promise. I won't say all the nasty things I say on here. I'll just be really good. I'll make Michael McIntyre look edgy. I promise you. <laughs> 
but then in the evening I headed up to TV Centre to appear on Nevermind the Buzzcocks. Uh, apparently host Frankie Boyle had specifically requested that I be on, so he probably hadn't heard me calling him a cunt on this podcast a couple of weeks. <laughs> or maybe he had heard it and was planning to tear me a new arsehole. Mm, I hope so. So uh, the other guests were a man called The Reverend from a band called The Reverend and the Makers. I'm not sure he was a real reverend. Uh, there was also that bloke who shouts all over Elton John's Tiny Dancer and ruins it. Uh, DJ Ironic. He isn't even a DJ. That's the ironic thing about him. Also was on TV Brainbox, Carol Vorderman. Did you, did you know actually Vorder is actually Dutch for woman who is nearly as clever as a... <laughs> That went, that went down a lot better tonight than it did uh, on Nevermind the Buscots, where no one, no one understood that. In the, even Noel Fielding was looking, going, what, I don't understand what that even means. So well done tonight. You are cleverer than Noel Fielding. Uh, I'm somewhat conflicted uh, over Carol Vorderman. There's a big part of me that finds brainy women really sexy. And, you know, I think it would be great to go to bed with her because you could get her to do all, like, difficult sums and stuff for you. Uh, mm, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, uh, that's right, Carol. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, Rich. Yeah. Oh, do it that way. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Carol. Oh. What's 423 times 742? Uh, oh, 313,866. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, Carol. Oh, I'm nearly uh, there. Could you just slag off my podcast a bit for a minute? Oh, uh, you uh, seem uh, to have confused repetition and self indulgent anecdotes of comedy. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, square root 2025. 45. Oh, oh God. Oh. No. That's done it. So, uh, so it'd be great being in bed with a brain box, but the problem with Carol Vorderman is that once it was over, this would happen. That was amazing, Rich. You are the most incredible lover. Emma, act, could you act that properly? You're not acting yeah, that I very thought, well. I thought this was, yeah, you say that, but I thought this was as it occurs to me, not Fantasy Island. <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> being an American sitcom. Just... just <laughs> Just read the line. Start again. Do it properly. Act it properly. Oh, that was amazing, Rachel. Most incredible lover. Yeah, that's right. I am. Mm. And I think there was, there was something else you wanted to say, wasn't there? <laughs> no. Read it! Whoosh! You have an enormous member. Yeah. Mm, I love it in me. Thanks, Carol. <laughs> that's very kind of you to say so. Fucking tragic. <laughs> Rich. What is it, Carol? No, nothing. It's probably too soon to no, say. No, it really isn't. Go on, Carol. No, it's, it's just that I was wondering. Yes? Have you ever thought of consolidating your existing loans into a <laughs> cheap rate loan? I'm sorry? You know, with one affordable payment, you can save hundreds of pounds every month and be freed from the burden of spiralling debt. You, sorry, are you trying to sell me a loan? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am, Richard. I get £100,000 from www.bankofevil.com <laughs> to promote their convenient loans to everyone I have sex with. I have an overwhelming compulsion to advertise any product that asks me to do so in any circumstances they dictate, no matter how morally dubious it might be, as long as they pay me enough money. So, I like to trap perverted men who are turned on by women who can do mental arithmetic using post-coital euphoria to make them sign up for what will prove to be bankrupting loans. I am pure evil. <laughs> Let's hope that Peter Kay and me never have a baby. <laughs> there won't be enough money in the world to satisfy its insatiable greed. 
how to have sex with men in order to make money, I mean, doesn't that make you a kind of a prostitute? Mm, it, it would, Rich, if I did that, but this is just a fantastical and imaginary situation that you've created. The real Carol Vorderman would never do such a thing. All she does is use the trust she's gained over years, appearing on Countdown, and her reputation as being an expert on maths to help sell products and schemes to the feckless pensioners who love her. Uh, at least there'd be some honour in being a prostitute. I know this is all a fantasy, but still the stuff you said at the beginning about me being a brilliant lover with a big member, that was all true, though, wasn't it? That was all true. Thank you. <laughs> Good. So, uh, <laughs> despite my confused moral system where I seem to feel it's OK to knock everyone else's flaws whilst being unaware of the many terrible things I say myself and that I do and say myself, and also my, I'm terrible at taking criticism, clearly, myself, though I'm happy to criticise other people. I did enjoy meeting Carol, and I'd love to have sex with her. If, if you're listening, Carol, and you're interested, get in touch, give us a call. I can't see why you wouldn't want to. <laughs> As it occurs to me, if Maggie Philbin knocks you back, then go for Carol Vorderman. Uh, hello, it is uh, me, Thierry Henry. Uh, my handball got France into the World Cup on Union. Uh, who was it that said uh, cheats never prosper? Whoever said that was talking out of his anus. Uh, Jerry Adams, your boys took one hell of a beating. Uh, you know how you can get, uh, as you close to me, back into the top 20? Hmm? You get your hand on the ball, Richard. Yeah, that's right. Put your hand on my ball. That's it, my shaved ball. <laughs> also my cock. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that's nice. Oh, oh also, uh, while you're doing that, uh, congratulations to my brother, Lienny, for his uh, Newcomer Evening Standard Award. Uh, after only 40 years in the business. Uh, I love you, Lenny. Wednesday. I'm just implying Thierry Henry's gay there. I mean, that's all I think now it's all right, so that's... What, in light of what he's done, that is a compliment to him. So uh, I've met a lot of celebrities in the weeks I've been doing this show. Carol Vorderman, Maggie Philbin, Pack-a-lack-a-dack-dack. But I wasn't expecting to meet anyone famous. On Wednesday night, I was doing a gig at the Student Union at University College London. Is it a university or a college? I don't think they should be allowed to be in higher education or so they work that one out. Uh, it's not really an A-list uh, hangout. In fact, the only thing that hangs out there is the cocks of the rugby team as they ran up and down the stairs in women's underwear, being sick over chemistry students. You obviously haven't been there. It is honestly exactly like that. So I was somewhat surprised to bump into a Hollywood superstar at that gig. Seriously, Neve Campbell from the Scream franchise. What was she doing there? I was really excited. I wanted to go up to her and say, hey, you're Neve Campbell from off of that film where you les up with Denise Richards. It's, it's brilliant. You're all kissing her and everything. But we don't get to see you topless. What was that about? Uh, oh, and um, your other films have been good as well, I, I expect. What, what are you doing here? But I didn't. I decided for once I'd play it a bit cool and just make her think I was an equal to her. Uh, she came up to me after I'd come off the stage. Hi, I enjoyed your set. I'm Nev. What? I enjoyed your set. No, what did you say your name was? Nev. My name's Nev. No, it isn't. It's Neve. You're, you're Neve Campbell. Your name is Neve. No, it's pronounced Nev. No, it isn't. It's Neve. <laughs> Everyone knows that, Neve. Nev is a man's name. You're not a man, and it is, unless, is that, is that the reason you wouldn't take your top off in Wild Things? Beg your pardon? Nothing. Look, sorry, Neve. No, my name is Nev. No, it isn't. But listen, I think I know how to pronounce my well, own name. I'd think that too, but apparently no one has ever told you. 
that your name is Neve. N-E-V-E. That spells Neve. Wait, stop calling me Neve. My name is Nev. I'm just trying to help you out, darling. You're saying your name, your own name wrong. Everyone must have been laughing at you for years. You're Neve. Neve Campbell. Well, look, I, I've got to go. We, we were going on to an exclusive celebrity-only club, and I, I was going to ask you if you wanted to come, and you probably would have met some directors and got a part in a Hollywood movie, but you've blown it all with this Neve crap. I was just telling the truth. Your name is Neve. No, it isn't. You could have been out on the town with Nev Campbell, but instead you're going to have to stay here with a load of drunk, puking students young enough to be your children if only you'd had sex before you were 23. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't want to go out on the time with Nev Campbell. That's not going to impress my mates, is it? I was out with Nev Campbell last night. What? That bloke from the White Horse? Why were we out with it? Not interested in. If I'd had the chance to go out with Neve Campbell, then that would have been something. Prick. No, it's pronounced Richard. You can't even pronounce anything. <laughs> And that all really happened, that every single incident in that. It was only right later that I realised that maybe it wasn't Neve Campbell at all. Maybe Neve Campbell has a brother called Nev Campbell who really looks like her. It must be really annoying for him, so that's why he got so weird about it. I know, because people often wrongly imagine that I look like Charlie Borman from The Long Way Round. And it, I don't look anything like him. Makes me furious that people think I'm him. So, sorry, Nev, if you're listening. Let's go out for a drink. No hard feelings. I mean, you really do look like your sister a lot, so if you want to take things further, may, maybe get together with Denise Richards' brother, Dennis Richards, see, <laughs> see what happens. Uh, but before we move on, it's time for more Cumpkin News. Cumpkin News. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm as bored of the Cumpkin joke than even the most misanthropic and bitter iTunes reviewer, but I was wondering this week who might have been the first person to come up with the idea of a Cumpkin. Uh, just to remind any new listeners uh, how you make a Cumpkin, over to Cumpkin expert and user, Emma Kennedy. You make a jack-o'-lantern, get at first five men to come in said jack-o'-lantern, <laughs> and then get a woman to put it on her head. Who would first have thought of such a thing? This week I suddenly realised the provenance of this base and degrading act. The inventor of the pumpkin was none other than Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater, whose fame has been preserved in quite an obscure American nursery rhyme, which goes like this. Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater had a wife but couldn't keep her, put her in a pumpkin shell and there he kept her very well. That's it, proof. Peter Peter devised the pumpkin in order to stop his wife from leaving him. She was bored of him because of all the pumpkins he consumed, I imagine, but he managed to use the pumpkin shells and with help of four friends created the pumpkin, put his wife in it and there, patently, she was happy. And what wife wouldn't be? Mmm, pumpkins. But then what kind of person would put that information into a nursery rhyme for kids to sing about? That's sick. People think Jimmy Carr and Frankie Boyle and Ben Elton are, are edgy comedians. Well, they think Jimmy Carr and Frankie Boyle are edgy. They probably think Ben Elton is a ridiculous, out-of-touch, middle-aged man desperately trying to appear controversial to fit in with younger comedians who he no longer understands. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm not in a position to criticise that one, but... <laughs> But anyway, the thing is, that the thing that's really going to subvert our kids are those perverted nursery rhymes which, keep, which think that keeping women in semen-filled, gourd-like vegetables is an acceptable practice. Ban the nursery rhyme, ban the obscure nursery rhyme that no one would really have known about if I hadn't brought it up. As it occurs to me, I can't help thinking that if Cinderella had been told that 
her couch would turn into a coke And at midnight she might have been a bit more diligent with her timekeeping no, she wouldn't. Like all women, she wanted to be in a pumpkin. She was late on purpose. And her pumpkin was full of mouse's semen, which makes it even more perverse. Look, I promise that's it. I'll never mention pumpkins ever again in this show. I know it's run its course, so I promise I won't do it again. That's a Richard Herring guarantee. Thursday. I had a rare night off, decided I would spend it at home playing video games, so I popped into my local video game supplier to see what was on offer. I ended up buying both Countdown for the DS, that's right, based on the Channel 4 quiz, <laughs> and Call of Duty Modern Wherefore... <laughs> I was told not to do that, I've done that every time I've said that. Call of Duty, Call of Duty Modern Wherefore is like uh, Jane Austen. <laughs> about uh, a woman she's got a duty to get married where wherefore is this so why can't I be an independent woman <laughs> so uh, let's just we'll retake that I ended up buying both Countdown for the DS and Call of Duty Modern Warfare for the Wii yeah thank you uh, I wonder if anyone else in the world has bought both those games at the same time for their own personal use. You'd imagine the Venn diagram of people who like playing an old person's word game and people who wanted to shoot up innocent civilians at an airport would have no intersection, but I am, I'm the intersection. Both an old man and a stupid child in one body. It pretty much sums me up. I'm a bizarre and unlikely fusion between Richard Whiteley and Andy McNabb, but with the worst bits of both, the puns of Whiteley and the swearing of McNabb. So, I can't resist pointing out that cockermouth sounds rude, even though there isn't a person in the world who hasn't worked that out for themselves. <laughs> Writing this show does nothing but help me confirm to myself what a waste of oxygen I am. I think this series might prove to be the longest suicide note in history. <laughs> I uh, took the games to the checkout and was a bit worried that the cool young man on the till might take the piss out of me for buying Countdown. I'd, I'd have to pretend it was for my gran, but he'd still know. He could see it in my eyes. Or would he think I was sad for being an old man buying Call of Duty? Grow up, grandad, that's not for you. I decided I'd just try and get out there as quickly as possible, keep my head down, say nothing. But he wasn't going to let me get away with it that easily, but not in the way I expected. Oh, man, you're not getting Call of Duty for the Wii, are you? It's nowhere near as good as on the Xbox. I I feel sorry for anyone playing this on the Wii. You are, you are missing out and it is sad. Sorry, isn't it your job to persuade me to buy stuff from your shop rather than making me feel like I'm making a huge mistake of some kind? I don't care. I have some ethics and pride in my work, unlike Carol Vorderman. And, <laughs> and I, I just cannot let you leave this shop without knowing that this game is useless on the Wii. Get the Xbox one. But I don't have an Xbox. Oh. I don't think I can justify buying a new game system for one game. Why not, man? You know, you're buying all kinds of crap you don't need at the moment, you know. <laughs> in the hope of per by purchasing unnecessary gadgets and electronic items, you will give your meaningless life some purpose. How do you know about that? Well, you know, you bought Beatles Rock Band, didn't you? How do you know? With all the free guitars, like, like you'd ever have that many mates around. And, and you, <laughs> what, you, you've like, played it three times? That's £100 a game. Then you've got a Kindle, which you've, you know, you've read one and a half books on. That is £100 a book. I mean, it's like you're you know, single-handedly trying to get the country out of recession, isn't it? So, look, 
You might as well buy an Xbox and play the game properly in it. Far from being a useless assistant, he was the best salesman of all time. He nearly convinced me. But I said, no, 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 I'll take it for the Wii. To be honest, I'm probably going to put it in my console, find the first bit too confusing, be una- unable to work out how to use it and never play it again. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> you're going to be spending your whole time playing Countdown, isn't it? You can pretend you're interested in being in a war, but, you know, all you really want to do is fantasise you're a contestant on a slow-paced words and numbers game. <laughs> He was right. He'd yeah. seen right through me. He'd seen through to my soul somehow, like a modern-day oracle. Call, Call of Duty is indeed still in its cellophane, whilst Countdown was straight into my DS. I've already played it 35 times, uh, full games. I've won 31 uh, of those. Uh, I've lost three on uh, a complete expert and one on the next level down. So, you know, I'm doing, uh, apart from that, I've won every game. Thanks. Uh, I think that was someone being impressed rather than shouting, you stupid fucker at me. Uh, fuck pretending I'm a soldier or whatever that other game is about. All I want to pretend is that I am in Countdown, not the rubbish current version. In my head, as I'm playing, I'm in classic Countdown with Whiteley back in the chair where he belongs, Vorderman there, not that pretty lovely girl you want to have sex with. No, the Vorderman <laughs> with her ridiculous 80s hairstyle and Susie Dent in Dictionary Corner, all sweet and fresh, just out of university, ripe for the picking. <laughs> and welcome to Countdown. I'm Richard Whiteley. That's... Is that so people That's know? That's how John, John Coulter does it. It is, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Richard Whiteley. <laughs> and our new challenger is a chap called uh, Richard Herring, but there's nothing fishy about him. <laughs> that's brilliant, Richard Whiteley, because my, my name's a kind of fish. That's why that's funny. It's brilliant. He's not the kind of man to fish for compliments. Hey, <laughs> fish again, because that's because my name's a fish. That's I'm sure fish. he wouldn't want to carp. Oh, carp, that's priceless. That's another kind of fish. But he's hoping we won't be herring the last of him. Oh, herring, that's my name, but it also sounds a bit like hearing. Oh, this is brilliant. Hopefully, eel mackerel the longest worm. He'll, he'll make the longest word. I, I, yeah, I get it. Because no. eels, eels and mackerels are, broadly speaking, fish, and yeah. worms are used to catch fish. This is brilliant. You're amazing. Can he knock the champion off his perch? Is, it, is a perch a fish? It is a fish, yeah. Ah, it's really, he's a kind of fish. He's sure to have a whale of a time. No, oh, no, sorry, a whale's a mammal. That's, that's not amusing no. in any way at all. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Please give it up for our challenger, Richard Herring. But of course, of course he won't win because he's playing our champion, a prodigiously intelligent yet oddly repellent three-month-old baby. (laughs) Yes, usually babies are cute. But like all children who appear on this show, there's something unsettling and unpleasant about it. About its ability to play this game better than any adult, and its serious demeanour, which makes you fairly certain that its parents have beaten it every time it gets a sum or a spelling incorrect. <laughs> Looking forward to the show, Carol. Yes, I am, Richard, but can I just say that I have a new book out? Carol <laughs> Vorderman exploits the trust placed in her by her elderly and mentally fragile viewers with some new fad diet or puzzle or something. I'm not sure which it is this time, which is only £500 a copy. <laughs> Buy it now. Let's get on with the game. So as I pick my letters on the DS, I talk out loud and pretend that Carol is really there. And that I call her Carol every time I ask for a letter, like only the most annoying contestants can do. Uh, I'll have a consonant, please, Carol. P. 
pee. Oh, pee, like when you pee. <laughs> 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 uh, and I think if it's all right with you, I'll have a vowel now, please, Carol. Ooh, you. <laughs> uh, would it be possible to have another consonant, Carol? I would think so. Oh, dear. Q. <laughs> That's quite a difficult letter to use. <laughs> oh, you are my friends, Richard and Carol. <laughs> my only friends. Yes, we are. And then it's time for the letters round to begin, and I feel myself ready for the clock. I steal myself. I don't feel myself. That would be terrible. It would be inappropriate. Be on the DS. You can do that because you can pause the game if you're very excited <laughs> by the cue coming out. Every time a cue comes out, I have a little wank. Just, just a celebration. Don't get it on the bottom screen. Though, <laughs> you start it off again. <laughs> well, it's from someone who wanks on a DS joke. <laughs> They knew they're trying to look cool. Uh, as the letters round, it's time for the letters round to begin. I steal myself, ready for the clock to start and for that unforgettable theme tune that we all know so well to start up. Can you imagine it? That's it. That's it. Classic. The clock going round. Shh, shh. That's how it goes, isn't it? it goes shh. clack, 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 clack. We all know that. But you sit, you sing along at home, don't you? When it's happening, clack, clack. And then it all comes to that all too familiar ending. Clack, 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 clack. That's the countdown. Clack, 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 clack. That's just the, the end of it. How many letters in your word, strange, sinister baby child? Seven. Oh, very good. Well, Richard, I think you've haddock your chips. Oh, fuck off with your fish puns. <laughs> you stupid old cunt. Oh, Don't be rude, I'm dead. Sorry, I forgot about that. That was disrespectful. <laughs> uh, actually, I got an eight letter word. Eight letters. Eight? Sorry, I, I didn't ask you what you did to all the pies. <laughs> Seriously, shut up, it doesn't even make sense. My, my word, Richard, is cumpkins. It's uh, C-U-M-P-K-I-N-S, cumpkins. Cumpkins, cumpkins, Susie. Cumpkins, I, I've never heard of that. I'll, I'll just look it up. What, what does it mean? Oh, come on, Susie Dent, you wrote the dictionary. You must know what a cumpkin is. Cumpkins. You make a jack-o'-lantern, get at least five men to come in said jack-o'-lantern, then get a woman to put it on your head. Everyone knows that definition. Don't, don't pretend you've never got drunk at Halloween and tried one of those on Dento. Oh, sorry, it's not in there. But of course it's in there. What dictionary are you using? The Oxford English Dictionary. But you don't want to use that. You need the Urban Dictionary. That's got cumpkins in there. You can get the definition on a mug. What greater authority can there be? It's on a mug. This is bullshit. Don't tell me you've never tried on a pumpkin, Vorderman. Of course I have. Why do you think my hair's like this? <laughs> Those strange yellow streaks aren't dye. Yeah, sorry about that. I lied, I lied about the pumpkin thing. <laughs> As it occurs to me, it's all right for you. To see inside Richard Herring's mind for 55 minutes a week, but he's in there all the time, yeah, all the time, and there's no way out. Well, maybe there's just one way out. Gotta kill yourself, Richard Herring. Mm, come on now, kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself. Kill Just sing then, Christian. What was that? I, I, I just sang. As it occurred 
I could have sworn you said, ah, oh. well, I must have imagined it, sorry. Kill yourself. <laughs> oh. it's, been, it's been a hard week for me. So, um, blimey. Anyway, so has anyone in the audience had anything that's occurred to them this week? Hands up if you've had an occurrence that you want to tell. And there's a gentleman down here. What's occurred to you, sir? Stinky Pete made me redundant. Stinky Pete made you redundant. <laughs> <laughs> Were you working in one of those fairground booths where you put a coin in and it makes a man laugh? What's Stinky Pete? Stinky Pete is like the worst person you'll ever meet. Okay, it's just a bloke. It's not someone that everyone else knows. It's a, oh, it's a woman. It's a woman from a... Have you been drinking constantly since you became redundant? He really looks like a little man in one of those fairground booths that laughs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little horrible picture. Well, I'm glad you're having. I'm glad you're happy about. <laughs> what were you? What, what were you work? What was your job? Uh, procurement. Procurement. <laughs> that could mean anything to me. Yes. If he had ginger hair, he'd look exactly like Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck in getting. Yeah, are you looking for another job in procurement? Because maybe you know someone will listen to the podcast. Think I know who we need. That insane laughing bloke. He could procure some stuff for us. <laughs> Magic mushrooms. He could, he's got probably procured quite a few of those. Good, nice to have you along, thank you. Anyone else got uh, something that's occurred to them? That's the one, they, don't put your hand up again. He's, he's, he's doing a high five with the bloke next to him. I won't take the piss out of whoever does it next. Where? Oh yeah, right at the back, what's happened to you? Uh, this is Nintendo related. I Ni- found out this week that uh, plumbers that actually look like Nintendo's Mario are shit plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> the man found out that plumbers who look like Nintendo. Super Mario are actually shit plumbers. When uh, It's good to know. They probably dress up like that to fool you. That's what I'd do if I was going to try and be... Most plumbers are quite shit. I, uh, when you did the, we stood in for the Adam and Joe show the other day and a guy told me, that, rang in to say, or texted in to say, that uh, the bloke who actually plays Super Mario, had uh, his, his mate had got him to ring him up and go, Hello, Chris, this is Mario. Which probably could have been anyone, but... Uh, Good. Well, thanks for the warning. Watch out for that. That's, see, that was some good advice. Actually, he looks a bit like Super Mario as well. He put a moustache on. Maybe that's what he was working at. Uh, okay, well, one more. Who's, who else is brave enough to enter the city? There we go. The lovely lady. Hello. What's your name? Rachel. Hello, Rachel. What's happened to you this week? I realised yesterday I've never slept with a man who haven't come out afterwards. She's... I don't understand. <laughs> She's never slept with a man. Let me just repeat it. She's never... Rachel has never slept with a man who hasn't come out afterwards. Oh, I see. Come out. <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank God we sorted that out, Rachel. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> she said one was supposed to come out with her tonight. So you had sex this evening. No, 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 okay. Earlier, the other day, and then he did, so you've had sex with a man. Who's this bloke here next to you? He's, you don't know him. <laughs> he just, in fact, he wasn't there a minute ago. He's just slipped. He's just slipped forward. Oh, she's, 
we thought you meant something else when you... I mean, they've got to come out at some point, that's why. I... <laughs> oh, you're not like a, a spy. Some spiders kind of eat their... Eat the men. Don't think you meant to attempt that. If, they, if you get one stuck up there, you have to go... to the hospital. And you should... Rachel, you're a lovely girl. You must find... You look very attractive. You're wearing a kind of blanket, which maybe doubles up. Maybe double... Maybe you can just have sex underneath that. Maybe have sex while you're out. Say, I'm not going to have sex with you unless we do it while we're out. You could encourage them. That's just a... She's, she's chatting up the guy next to her now. He's asking... She's, her first question to the guy next to her as a chat was, are you gay? So that's... Uh, no, fine, you're in, mate. That's it. That's all it takes. He said no. He answered it correctly. Well, good. Well, maybe love will blossom. We'll keep you... We'll keep you uh, up with that one during the show. Second half isn't as good as the first half, so if there's anything starts going on, you could get that blanket right over him. Like that couple in the plane we talked about on the Collins and Harry podcast. Have you got anything else that's happened to you, Dan? Uh, this, I had a, I've got... Uh. Oh, sorry, a little bit of dust in my mouth. That's not the story. That would be awful. Uh, they might pass, you know. Uh, no, um, no I, uh, I've got a baby, and she started uh, cl- trying to climb and stand up. And, uh, yes, the other day she fell over. She's My main fear now, because she falls over a lot, it's fine, we've got a carpet and everything, is that she would fall <laughs> onto my boots and somehow she'd get... How would I... I just want... Trying to work out how I would explain to the person in the hospital why there was a shoe print on my baby's face. Because <laughs> there's no way... I mean, no, honestly, what was happening was she clawing up my leg and I had my legs crossed and she fell over and that's how she got a shoe print on her face. <laughs> I mean, I... This, Did I think, she get a shoe print on her face? No, she did, luckily feeling, enough. Oh. No, I spent... You know, I stare, you know, she's fine. You know when you uh, created the baby... Yes. Did you come out afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> well, after a while... Because otherwise they can't... Yeah, you know, exactly. She wouldn't be able to get yeah, out. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. thing. You're still in there. It'd be like, Jesus. I mean, it would have been cheaper <laughs> if I had stayed up there, maybe. You know, you just, uh... It's one way to ensure that yeah, yeah, yeah. the pregnancy doesn't go to full term. Or if it does, the child comes out a bit weird. So, uh, what... Um... <laughs> Why are we talking about retiring my baby? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Emma, what else yes. has occurred to you? This well, week? Uh, this weekend I was watching a, a film. I can't tell you what film it is because it put me in mind of, a, of an anecdote uh, about one of the actresses in the film. But, it, but if you want to be a little bit detective about this, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, MK67, because I did tweet during this film on Sunday. That's a big clue. Wow, it's like being so, late. Yeah, so, so, this, so th- this particular actress is, you know, she's, she's like a, 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 she's a legend, absolute legend. And, uh, and I was with her once, and, um, and she has um, some dashuns, which, which she pronounces dashunts. They're and dogs. Yeah, dashunt. The dashunt. The dachshund, yeah. But she pronounces dashunt. And she's not German. And um, she said to me, I have a Dachshund, which I am convinced is the reincarnation of Princess Diana. <laughs> this was said in all seriousness. And, and I said, gosh, um, have you got any clues for that? She said, oh, yes, yes. Every time my Dachshund looks at me, it looks up through its fringe. <laughs> Secondly, it only ever barks when the royal family are on television. And thirdly, it has a terribly irrational fear of BMWs. <laughs> and that, she really meant that. <laughs> and you're not allowed to tell us who this is? No. 
I is know. It's, it's, you you it's can work it out. You can work it out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shush. So anyway, that's, <laughs> thanks very much. If you listen back to the podcast, you might be able to work it out now. You hit missed out at the time here in the Leicester Square Theatre. Thanks very much to our audience of freaks. Give yourself a round of applause. As it occurs to me, insert Steve for editing. No need, Christ, we don't edit this show, so we don't need to put in stings to cover up places where we've lost a failed piece of material. Don't worry, I'll edit that sting out later and then put the sting back in to cover the edit. Friday. I know from listening... It's mainly a joke for radio producers, that one. So uh, I know from listening to this show, you might think I live quite a you know, pretty exciting life, meeting celebrities like DJ Ironic and Nev Campbell and... Pretending to be friends with dead celebrities like Richard Whiteley in my head whilst I'm playing video games and imagining I'm in Quantum Leap. You probably wish you were me. But believe me, despite all my showbiz dreams coming true, I do manage to keep my feet on the ground. This week I headed back to my hometown, Cheddar, with the ordinary people of Cheddar, just that none of them are even celebrities, to conduct an auction for the Cheddar Youth Trust, which either raises funds to assist local youngsters in their educational, professional or vocational training, or is, in, is some kind of strange paedophile sex ring. I, n- I never quite got to the bottom of it, but either way, it's a great cause. Uh, I was glad to help out in any way I could. I do a lot of work for charity, as you know. I find it the perfect opportunity to promote my upcoming tour, Hitler Moustache. <laughs> See www.richardherring.com slash gigs for details. All my DVDs and stuff available from www.gofasterstripe.com. For every DVD sold in the coming week, I'm a nice guy. I'm going to give three pence to children in need. So, no, there's no need to thank me and applaud me and cheer me. I'm just giving something back, you know. It's an, I'm an excellent person. This next week, I'm going to print up a giant cheque, present it to someone from Children in Need in the next podcast. We could raise literally tens of pence for this, but... Uh, but I do need your help, so please do go and buy those DVDs. If you don't, you hate disabled children. <laughs> Is it a curse a to me? Fucking pudsy in the eye socket. Hello, hello, it's me, Peter Kay. Do you remember what I was like at school, do you? Oh, do you remember school? What's that about school? Go to school. I don't want to go to school, ma'am. Get at school. <laughs> Oh, I'm getting to school. You gotta go to school, haven't you? If you don't go to school, you gotta stay home. Hey, staying home, eh? Remember that? I do. Why not save yourself time and money by instead of coming to my gig, stay at home. Remember stuff yourself with your friends. Just an idea. Oh, and subscribe to Richard Herring's As It Occurs To Me podcast. You know, podcast. Remember them on the internet? What's that about? Anyway. Personally, I think he's shit. And he only remembers stuff from the past week. (laughs) And he doesn't make any money from this podcast. Fucking twat. How's he going to buy his mum a bungalow made of gold and garlic bread? (laughs) Simples. All right, Peter Kay there. That was him. That was him. Well, brilliant. We we got through another one. Only three more of these to go. Thank God. I thought... I think I can make it through three more. Can I? I'm sure. I bet I can. I don't know. I hope I can. I don't know anymore. If, if you enjoy the show and live in the London area, why not come down and see it at the Leicester Square Theatre? It creates a much better atmosphere, usually, if you're here. <laughs> and, uh, 
this week it's been slightly worse. I'd rather have done it to an empty room. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. I love you all. Uh, tickets. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm just trying to build that up. It's important for the narrative uh, of the piece. Uh, it's, uh, ticket sales are the way we keep this free for all the unfortunate idiots who aren't lucky enough to live in London. Uh, think of it as a tax on your good fortune, Londoners. You're lucky to be here. Thank God you don't live in Bolton. Uh, to be honest, though, if the remaining scripts are as hard and stressful as this week's to write, I'm not... I don't think I can go on with this. I just, uh, I just don't think I. Huh? What? What's? What is going on? What? The, huh? Are you? Are you all right? S- sorry. What? Are you okay? I don't. Is this, is this a singing competition? <laughs> what? Are we, are we doing a singing competition here? Is that what this is about? A singing competition? No, this is uh, AI Ottoman. <laughs> a what? What's AI Ottoman? What's going on? What's going on? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, very funny. Yeah, you're pretending to do the whole quantum leap thing. Yeah, why don't you do the checking yourself out thing in this mirror? Oh, God, no, that's disgust. Jesus. <laughs> I've been some arm with that horrible woman that one time. I've never seen such an ugly. F- Am I Charlie Borman from The Long Way Around? <laughs> Have I come back to drive my motorbike into a wall so no one has to put up with yet another of my pathetic adventures? That- no! No, you're not! Stop dicking around! We've had enough! Yeah, we're going home. This is stupid. Yeah, me too. Play your own theme music. What? Oh, but I'm, I'm confused. I'm- Ow! Ow! Where, where, Ow! Where am I? Ow! <laughs> Hey, Sam, it looks like you're in London in 2009. 2009? But I thought that I was from the year 1996 and technically only able to travel back to any point within my previous lifetime. Well, let's not not get into all of that. You know, the the time-travelling rules of Quantum Leap were, you know, they're elastic at best. Um, There was that episode where you travelled in 1999, remember? You know, and also when you were in in the American Civil War in one, you know. It seems you can do pretty much anything you want. If it suits the script. Fair enough, I'm over that. I hope everyone else at home is too. Yeah, okay. So, you're in the body of a bitter failed comedian called Richard Herring. Sorry, failing, apparently, in the script. Thank you. Freud incident. He's... Shush! Yeah, he's doing a show called... A.I. Adama. No, don't do that. No, because only he can hear me. Can he? Ziggy says that the stress caused by coming up with all this stuff caused him to commit suicide on the 1st of December because he can't think of any jokes that don't involve cumpkins or being rude about people more successful than him. Cumpkins? Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to know. Anyway, Ziggy says there's a 95% chance you're here to stop him killing himself. But there's a 5% chance that you're here to recreate that scene in Wild Things, but with Carol Vorderman instead of Denise Richards and Nev Campbell instead of Neve Campbell. I hope it's the threesome thing. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> but most likely you have to write a brand new comedy show in a week. Only a twat would do that. In a week? Oh, boy. Well, that's the end of the show. Let's, uh, let's play out with that much-loved Quantum Leap theme tune. That's it, there we are. <laughs> Ziggy says there was an 80% chance that As It Occurs To Me was written by and starred Richard Herring with Dan Tetzel and TV's Emma Kennedy. Also, Emma Kennedy.
is killed in 2013 in a freak pissing in a bucket accident. Christian Ronnie did all the musical bits. Ben Walker was in charge. He goes on to be director general of the BBC but never helps any of the others get any work. Ziggy thinks there's a possibility that some people called Damien Caldwell, Emma Brunges, Kelly Enfield, Alice Russell, Rob Sedbear might have helped, and so did everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. Ziggy says a special thanks should go to Orange Mark and the British Comedy Guide. This is an Avalon and Sky production. Will it go to a second series and get Rich back on TV? Ziggy says there's a 0% chance of that ever happening in a future timeline. Good night. Uh,